I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Hard Currency, the Financial Times podcast on all things foreign exchange. And my guest this week is Paul Lambert, currency manager at Insight Investment. Paul, a really quiet week, wasn't it? What are your themes as we come towards the end? Actually, it's been a pretty interesting week. <laughs> We've obviously had the UK as a theme, Mark Carney and his future, the inflation report, the Article 50 decision. So there's been a lot to focus on in the UK. Elsewhere, obviously, US politics has moved back to sort of front and centre, having looked like the market felt like it could, or it knew what the, the outcome of that election was going to be. Suddenly, that's been put yes. into question and the market's having to recalibrate to that. And then, of course, it's a big data week. We've got non-farm payrolls in the US on Friday. We've had ISM and, you know, there's been an ongoing theme. It's almost as if payrolls is a forgotten theme and as as pretty much was the Fed this week as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it tells you how much is going on, the fact that the Fed and payrolls this week have played second fiddle. Let's look at the person of the week, probably Mark Carney's book ended the week. This time last week, we probably thought he wasn't going to hang around much. uh, And now... This time, we probably think the market's given him a pretty big tick. He's survived, he's staying on an extra year, and he's given a pretty strong uh, quarterly inflation report, which culminating with sterling rising by about 1.5% on Thursday, added with the High Court ruling on Article 50. So he will feel that he's come through the week pretty well, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, not everyone has the same opinion about Mr Carney, but I actually think he's done a pretty good job in a pretty difficult time. And, you know, the one thing that... Brexit did, I think, unquestionably is introduced a lot of uncertainty into the world in many, many ways. And because monetary policy operates much more quickly than fiscal policy, you know, the bank have been in the front line in terms of reacting to that uncertainty. And, uh, you know, I think that they've steered a pretty credible path through it. And I think that, you know, one of the reasons Mr. Carney is staying on for a bit longer is I think that, you know, in a world of uncertainty, it would be nice to have certainty about at least one thing or at least one of the players. And one of the biggest uncertainties forever and a day is going to be Brexit. Did this Article 50 court ruling tell us that we're moving from harder Brexit to softer Brexit or is the market overreacting to this? I think in terms of what kind of Brexit that we have, my personal view is that that's going to be much more of a function of what the Europeans agree to rather than what our position is going to be. You know, we can ask for whatever we like, but we're very unlikely to get some things that we're going to ask for. And I think that actually the European position has been very constant when they've asked and you know and I think that the reaction to Mrs May the the reported reaction to Mrs May when she addressed them in Brussels this week I think tells you everything you need to know about their position but certainly you know I think that the market did become alarmed when it appeared that the hard Brexiteers if you like were controlling the government's agenda and I suppose you know the fact that Parliament is potentially going to have more of a say on this the fact that Parliament potentially is going to even have a bill to debate on this means that, you know, you're likely to have a kind of a broader array of voices make their point uh, known in the UK. And and so I think that's made the market feel a little bit more positive about the kind of Brexit that we get 
I'm not actually sure it's going to make much difference to the kind of Brexit Will that we it get. Make a difference to whether we've reached the bottom in sterling. Where are we at 125? Uh, do you see that might now have a bit of stickability? I think it depends on your time frame. I mean, if you think about where we are, that's been, you know, down here at 125, that's been in the face of better than expected data. It's been in the face of, you know, an interest rate cut that was priced into the UK being unpriced. There have been some positive things going on from, for sterling. It's in, been in the face of the market starting with a very short sterling position. So I think that tells you that, you know, when the data does turn negative, when we do start to see evidence, which I think we will see eventually of weaker investment growth in the UK, mm. when we do start to see real incomes being eroded by the inflation, yeah. it's not clear to me at all that this is the bottom for sterling. No. Uh, now, some of sterling's strength has come from the weakness in the dollar, and that's clearly US election jitters. Did the market underprice the election? It seems to be coming to it very late. Well, I think it priced that the outcome was relatively certain. And I think, you know, when Mrs. Clinton appeared to have a 12-point lead over Mr. Trump and given the electoral arithmetic in the US, it looked like it was impossible for him to get the required 270 votes to get over the finish line. But obviously, you know, the latest revelations regarding the emails, the shift in the opinion polls, the fact that in some of those important swing states, you know, opinion seems to have shifted the market suddenly has had to recalibrate that, you know, there is a path to victory for Donald Trump. It still looks more unlikely than Mrs. Clinton, but there is a path to victory to him. And I think that, you know, unlike five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when politics didn't seem to matter very much because everyone had broadly the same policies, people don't broadly have the same policies anymore and politics can matter quite a lot. But leaving politics to one side for a moment, what do you think global data is telling us about the future path of the global economy. I think in the short term, data's been a bit better. You know, we've had better data from China. We've had better data in Europe in terms of forward-looking data like PMIs. We've had better data, UK data today on PMIs is better. Inflation data is starting to pick up a little bit. Unemployment data has been pretty strong in most places. So I think, you know, there's some evidence that, you know, the short-term outlook has been a bit better. Now, it's also true that since the global financial crisis, We've also had a seasonal where first half data has looked poor, second half data has looked good, we all get enthusiastic, and then the next first half looks poor again. But we have been in a period where people have been getting a bit more optimistic, a bit more enthusiastic. The Fed you know, rate hike for December has been priced, pretty much you know, wholly priced now by the market. And I think people were feeling a bit more optimistic, a bit more enthusiastic. But, you know, I think that could certainly, that enthusiasm could certainly be derailed by other events like the US election. Okay, Paul. Hindsight is everything, but if you could go back to the start of the week, knowing how the week has unfolded, what would have been the best trades, the best currency trades of this week? Well, I think the best hedge for the US election would have been either to sell dollar yen or buy dollar mex. People have gone back into yen as a safe haven. People have sold the Mexican peso because of the very clear from policy aims towards Mexico that Mr. Trump has outlined. Bonds that have probably been selling off have rallied back a bit. Stocks outside of FX have obviously sold off a bit as people have priced in more risk premium. And, and obviously you've had that relatively modest appreciation of the pound. So um, they've been the themes of the week. Now I'm going to take hindsight away from you. I'm going to ask you what a good, how you're going to trade next week. So what's the best way of starting next week? Because it looks like the you know Monday, the November the seventh is going to be a pretty volatile day, doesn't it? It could be depending on where we are with polls at that point. I mean, I think what's clear is that certainly in the first half of the week, politics in the U.S. is going to dominate. People will be deciding whether they're 
as close to home as they want to be for that event because unless you feel like you've got better insight than the market yeah. on the outcome of that event and I think uh, Brexit has been something that was made people feel quite cautious about having that kind of in- feeling they've got that kind of insight I suspect that people will want to go into that event with fairly flat books and then you know build positions afterwards depending on the outcome okay we'll see how the week transpires paul lambert currency manager insight investment thank you very much for joining us this week for hard currency do join us again next week we'll talk about obviously the fallout of the u.s election how that affects the markets particularly how it affects from me roger blitz it's goodbye if you enjoyed this podcast you might enjoy the ft money show the ft's most popular weekly podcast presented by me claire barrett the editor of ft money the Money Show comes out every Wednesday and you can download it at ft.com slash podcasts.